0: I want to introduce to you, by the way, for those of you that are visiting, my name is Rick. I'm one of the pastors here along with Daniel. This is actually my daughter, Laura. Come on here in view of the camera, sweetheart. Uh, I had a memory this morning. Some of you know this memory, but uh, we were heading up 217 30 years ago on an Easter morning to celebrate Resurrection Day, clearly full of the Holy Spirit. We were singing hymns in the station wagon, (laughs) going up 217, and I got pulled over. I got pulled over for excessive joy. (laughs) Apparently, when you're joyful, your foot is heavier. (laughs) So the officer said excessive speed. It was excessive joy. But he looked in the car. He saw me and my wife. He saw our lovely children. Laura was only five at the time. And he said, you guys have a great Easter. (laughs) And we were on our way. So good. God is so good. I've asked Laura to read this morning. I'm going to be talking with you about some of the things that Jesus did after his resurrection. But before I do, I really want us to sit in the amazing story of resurrection. And so we're going to actually be reading quite, uh, Laura's going to be reading quite a bit. So I encourage you to take a breath and to relax and to be prepared to listen, to imagine, to let the Holy Spirit speak to you as we revisit as Matthew recorded, the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ. Kevin has this reading on slides, and so you'll be able to follow along for those of you that are visual. But Laura, please, please we trust the scriptures. Okay.
1: Thank you. When the Sabbath was over, just as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary from Magdala and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. At that moment, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven went forward and rolled back the stone and sat on it his appearance was dazzling like lightning and his clothes were as white as snow the guards shook with terror at the sight of him and collapsed like dead men but the angel spoke to the women do not be afraid i know that you are looking for jesus who was crucified he is not here he is risen just as he said he would come and look at the place where he is lying Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And listen, he goes before you into Galilee. You will see him there. Then the women went away quickly from the tomb, their hearts filled with awe and great joy, and ran to give the news to his disciples. But quite suddenly, Jesus stood before them in their path and said, peace be with you. And they went forward to meet him and clasping his feet, worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go now and tell my brothers to go into Galilee, and they shall see me there. The eleven went to the hillside in Galilee, where Jesus had arranged to meet them. And when they had seen him, they worshipped him, though some of them were doubtful. But Jesus came and spoke these words to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You then are to go and make disciples of all the nations, and baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit." Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the world.
0: Amen. Thank you, Laura. Such a beautiful story. I'm so excited that we get to fulfill this command of Jesus today and to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This was Matthew's version of the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus. And as you read it, it feels like it all happened possibly in in a weekend, or at least a week. But actually, we find out in the book of Acts that between those words of the resurrection on Sunday and the ascension of Jesus and the Great Commission, there were actually 40 days that transpired. And today, on this Easter Sunday, we're going to sit in that transition and talk about what Jesus said and did during that time. We know this from Acts chapter 1 and verse 3, which says this, After his suffering, he presented himself to them, the disciples, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. A period of 40 days. I know certainly as I was a child, probably even as a young person, I wasn't very aware of this reality. In my mind, Resurrection happened on Sunday and shortly after because in that moment he spoke to Mary Magdalene and said, would you go tell the disciples specifically to meet me in Galilee at a particular hillside where I'm going to talk to them? And then the last part that Laura read is that episode on that hillside where Jesus gives the commission and then Acts tells us after that commission he was taken up into heaven so that's the story that I knew. But there's a tremendous story that sits in between those two, and it's the story of the 40 days. 40 days, significant, right? 40 days is, is in the scriptures as a time of preparation. Jesus, after he was baptized, what happened? The Spirit led him into the desert, and how long was he in the desert? 40 days. 40 days. What was he preparing for? His ministry, the challenge of his ministry. He was there with the spirit. He was experiencing the discipline of the spirit. He was tempted in ways that would cause him to get off track and not be prepared for his ministry. And he finished that time and he sent the, he sent the Satan away through the scriptures and he was ready. What do you think these 40 days of preparation are for? These 40 days between resurrection and ascension. Who's being prepared? Jesus? It's the one time Jesus is not the answer to the preacher's question. No, not Jesus. Who? The disciples. They were being prepared. Absolutely. And what did they need? This is the fascinating part about this all. We're going to look at two aspects of this. First of all, we're going to look at the many convincing proofs. Luke wrote, Jesus gave them many convincing proofs. And this, this is just fascinating to me and reassuring to me that faith is a challenge. Faith is difficult. And faith often is a process. There isn't just necessarily one encounter, you're told something in particular, and you fully accept it, and you fully live into it. But actually, we need to be told often again and again. Before we fully believe and fully step into things, faith can be difficult. Secondly, resurrection. Believing in resurrection is almost impossible. I was struck this particular Easter season as we were going through Lent and I was reading through the book of John how hard Jesus worked at setting up the disciples to be ready for what he knew it would be impossible to believe. I will rise from the dead. During his three years of ministry, he often interjected these words saying, I will die and three days later be resurrected. And you know the disciples were like, that went right over my head. Of course, a lot of what Jesus said went over their head. (laughs) So once again, we're just going, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Even to the Pharisees, you remember he said they were talking about the temple, and he said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And we know he wasn't talking about the building. What was he talking about? Himself, his body. Cryptic ways and clear ways. He kept telling the disciples, hey, something's going to happen. I will suffer. I will die but three days later, but three days later. Then, do you realize that the raising of Lazarus happened within 30 days of the crucifixion? For three years, Jesus has been telling the story, and now he says, okay, one month before it happens, I'm gonna put on a demonstration. And so we have this reading about this deliberateness of Jesus waiting to go to see his sick friend. And everyone says... Martha says at first, Jesus, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. And then later, Mary comes to where Jesus is waiting, and Mary comes, and what does Mary say? Jesus, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Then Jesus comes into town, and all of the Jews that are there say to one another, Yeah, right? (laughs) He opened the eyes of the blind. Surely, if he had been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. Everybody is on the same page. Jesus, if you had been here. What they needed to know was that even after death, the power of God can still work. Even after the sickness has taken a life, resurrection is possible. And this is why he allowed Lazarus to fall asleep, why he waited four days. Jesus, if you had been here sooner, I came at this time for this purpose, that you might understand I and the resurrection, and the life. So here we are. The prophesied death had happened on Friday night. Jesus rested on Shabbat, as all good Jews do. Rested in a tomb, dead. But now it was the third day. Let's look at some of these episodes that occurred. So first of all, there's the encounter of the three to five. These were all women. We know for sure Mary of Magdala was there. Mary had been at the foot of the cross, she had seen Jesus crucified, she hung around to watch Joseph and Nicodemus take the body of Jesus and wrap it up and lay it in a tomb, and she looked to where it was laid. Why? Why did she watch all of that? Because what was in her heart is the minute Sabbath was over, she wanted to get back to that body and properly dress it. She was deeply in love with Jesus, as well as the other Mary and Salome who were with her, and she was ready Before the sun even came up on Sunday morning, she went to the tomb prepared and on her way went, oh, by the way, I wonder who's going to move the stone. (laughs) A little bit of planning there wasn't quite intact. It wasn't necessary. But what was Mary doing? Mary was preparing to encounter a dead body. She wasn't looking for a resurrected Jesus. Three years of hearing the prophecies Being a part of the resurrection of Lazarus, knowing that it was possible that a dead man who now stinketh can come back to life. Faith is hard. Believing in resurrection is hard. The encounter with the two, this happened on the same day. So in the morning, Jesus met with these three women. They went in, they saw the empty tomb. They were told by an angel, hey, go tell his disciples, Jesus isn't here. He is risen just as he said just as he said and on their way jesus wanted to re-emphasize this reality so he shows up in their path and they don't recognize him and then he says mary mary recognizes teacher it's you you're really alive now three maybe five women have seen jesus alive later that day two of the disciples have decided to leave jerusalem they're not even going to stay in town it's all over it's all over we thought we were ushering in a king We came to crown him king, they executed him, we're gone, we're leaving Jerusalem. Jesus has a plan and he knows I've got to go get those two guys. (laughs) They're supposed to be with me tonight. And so he shows up on the road to Emmaus as they're walking. They don't recognize him, they have a conversation. He teaches them again how the scriptures said, I am the Messiah, I must suffer. And they didn't realize till the lesson was over and they sat down to a meal. We just walked with Jesus for five miles. And they headed back to Jerusalem. Still the same day. This is still Resurrection Sunday, the third encounter. And this we get from Paul. Paul writes that at some point there was an encounter with James, 1 Corinthians 15, 7. And then finally, the last encounter on Resurrection Day. This is only the first day of 40. He shows up in the evening in a locked place. And what are the expectations of the people to whom he shows up? They are in a room upstairs upstairs. And the doors are locked because they know they are next. Our leader, Jesus, was executed. We're next. We are the next row. We are the next in line. We are disciples of this Jesus. We are next. Jesus had told them, Do you remember on the night that they shared communion for the first time? He said, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. I'm in control. I have a plan. They don't take my life from me. I lay it down and I will lift it up again. Jesus is saying so many wonderful things, but they are hard to believe. They are hard to believe. And so there's this encounter with the 10. They have not yet believed Mary and the others who told them. They are not believing it. But until it happens to them, they don't believe it. They're locked, they're afraid, and Jesus comes to them. And he says here, look at my hands. Put your finger in here. Look at my side. Put your hand in here. Look, I have flesh. I have bones. I am alive. Let's go on. This is, again, one of 39 days. It's also recorded that uh, a day uh, or two later, after the 10, Thomas wasn't there that night, not sure where he was. He is told by the 10, hey, we saw Jesus, he came into the room. He said these things. Thomas does not believe that. What is this? These are close friends. These are disciples. They're not believing each other. The ten didn't believe the women. Thomas didn't believe the ten. But here we are. It happens again. And Jesus, again, here are my hands. Here is my side. Thomas, stop believing. Stop doubting. Believe. Believe. Then we find out later on, uh, some of the disciples, those fishermen guys, had gone back into Galilee where they were going to meet with Jesus. They decided to do what they always do when they don't have anything else to do, which is what? Fish. Yeah, did you say poker? No. Oh, okay. Okay. They they went fishing. They went fishing. And while they're fishing, out in the boat at dawn, there's somebody on the shore with a fire, and he yells out, hey, did you catch anything? And they, they did, they, bring it, I've got something. And they get out and it's Jesus. It's Jesus on the shore. It's Jesus on the shore. He's got a fire going. Somehow he's got some fish already. Hey, bring your fish, put them in with mine. Let's have breakfast. Then again, we're told by Paul, and we have no record of where this was or what happened, but Paul says in 1 Corinthians again that Jesus appeared at one time in front of 500 people. He showed himself to these people. Then we have also recorded the Ascension encounter, which Laura read uh, in Matthew. It's also there in Acts 1, 1 through 11, where they ask him, Jesus, are you going to set up your kingdom? Still not quite on the same page with Jesus. That's not where we're at in the story. Right now, you are going to be my witnesses. And then we have uh, a final encounter with the, oh, that's what I just dictated. And then after that, one last encounter. What's left? Paul's encounter. And this is strange because this is beyond the 40 days. This is after Jesus has ascended into heaven. He knows that for Paul, it's impossible to believe in the resurrection. He is actually opposed to those who say Jesus was raised from the dead. He's opposed to the entire story. So Jesus comes back and reveals himself and says, stop persecuting me. Stop persecuting me. And he changes Paul's mind. What does all of this tell us? 40 days, many encounters, hundreds of people. It's hard to believe in resurrection. It's hard to believe that Jesus is Lord. What does it take? All of this tells us it takes an encounter with Jesus. It takes a personal encounter with Jesus. We can say the right things to our friends and family, we can read the scriptures, we can preach the messages, but unless the Father, Jesus said this, unless the Father draws them, they will not come to me. Salvation, belief, and faith in Jesus and in the resurrection are in the hands of God. We are called to be faithful witnesses, but no one will say yes to Jesus, and no one will believe in resurrection unless they are given the faith by God himself. We have to have an encounter with Jesus. Have you had an encounter with Jesus? Multiple encounters with Jesus. This is why we believe, right? I think for, I've heard so many testimonies where we say, yeah, it was in this moment. I don't remember what was said. I don't remember what the sermon was. Thank you very much. I don't remember what the speaker said, but here's what happened. And then we share our own experience where we encountered deep inside, in our hearts, in our spirits, we encountered Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is where it happens. And I say all of this to you today for two reasons. One, if you actually haven't had that encounter with Jesus, then I pray right now that in the name of Jesus, you would have an encounter with him. And that for all that you've heard and you do believe or don't believe, Jesus would change your mind and that you would see that he is the resurrected Lord, that he is the Savior, that he is the King, that you would have that encounter. For those of us who have had those encounters, and we are witness for Jesus, I just want to encourage you, the call to us is only to tell the story. It's only to share the encounter that you've had. Faith comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. God draws people. We don't convince them. We simply tell the story, and we let God do the convincing we let Jesus do the encountering let's take a look at this second part of Acts chapter 1 verse 3 it says that Jesus gave many convincing proofs and he spoke about the kingdom of God and I want to remind you what it is that he said about the kingdom of God in every one of those encounters with the disciples and those followers he talked about the kingdom of God once again and there's basically one message that he had and it was this it's in three parts Peace, believe, go. This is the message of the kingdom of God. Peace, believe, go. Let me read for you just by way of example. In Luke 24, it's written in this way verses 26 and 27. Jesus said this Peace be with you. Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hands. And put them in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. This is the message of the kingdom peace, believe, go. I want to remind you what was going on in the lives of the disciples when Jesus said, Peace be with you. And this wasn't just a salutation, it wasn't just a greeting but it was a command, that Jesus was commanding peace. You remember he said to the disciples, again, the night before he was betrayed, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. I give you my peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but take heart. What? I have overcome the world. Jesus is constantly calling us out of a godless human experience that is full of anxiety and fear and doubt and a lack of clarity about what's important or who I am or what I should do. And he's constantly calling us into this place of trust me, believe in me, have peace. And just as the disciples were in the middle of the death of Jesus and themselves fearing for death and persecution, Jesus speaks into those moments and he says, peace, peace. Jesus, my circumstances, no way. Peace, no, I say Peace. And again, where are we today? Where have we been in the last year? Anxiety, fear, confusion. Who are we? What should we believe? Who should we follow? Should I get a vaccine or not? What is the truth? And sadly, it's been easy for us to be a part of the anxiety and the confusion and the fear. Have you had any sleepless nights in the last year over these kinds of things? Jesus speaks to you and I in these moments as well. Peace, peace, you don't need to go there. You don't need to go there. I love you. I am king of kings. Your destiny belongs to me. The destiny of your children belongs to me. The destiny of your grandchildren belongs to me peace peace and if we can't come to peace if we can't accept peace there's no way we get to believe chaos and fear keep our doubts perpetuating they keep our fear alive they keep our confusion going nuts and unless we can accept the peace of Jesus we can't get to the believe what does he say about it let's take a look here Jesus regularly spoke of his own resurrection. Tear down this temple, Jesus said, and I will raise it up in three days. Jesus demonstrated resurrection with Lazarus the month before, and then he said this I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die, and whoever believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? More than believing in the resurrection, Believe that Jesus is the resurrection. More than believing there is a way to the Father by believing the right things and praying the right prayer, instead, believe Jesus is the way to the Father. More than believing the truth about particular theologies or doctrines or understandings of the scriptures, Jesus said, believe that I am the truth more than believing there is eternal life, believe that Jesus is the life. Jesus is asking you to trust him. You remember the scene in Aladdin, he reaches out his hand, and what does he say? Trust me. Do you remember the scene in Endgame when Tony Stark has a plan and he looks at Captain America and said, do you trust me? It wasn't very romantic, but it was dynamic. (laughs) We love to hear those words, and storytellers love to put them in there because there's something in this request, do you trust me? And then have someone say, yes, there's something beautiful about that. It's because it's the call of Jesus. It's the call of Jesus to every human, do you trust me? But he doesn't ask it as a question. He doesn't say, do you trust me? He gives it as a command because he's a king, and he just simply says, trust me. Trust me. Jesus is constantly saying this to us by the Holy Spirit. When you're in the midst of fear or doubt or confusion or anxiety or depression, trust me, trust me. Realize, friends, we're not called to a dogma. We're not called to a story. We're not called to believing a certain reality. We're called to a person. And Jesus isn't saying... Trust all the details, believe everything right, and pray the right prayer, and be part of the right church. He's just saying, trust me, the person. There's so much freedom in this, and this is our message to the world. It's not believe the doctrine we believe, though that's a piece of the story. It's not do the things we do, go to church, and you'll be saved. It's just one thing, encounter Jesus encounter Jesus. That's all we ask. Come to Jesus. Don't come to church. Don't come to my Bible study. Don't listen to this worship song. Come to Jesus. If those things help, great. But come to Jesus. And then finally, the third piece of the kingdom of God that Jesus wants to emphasize is go. Go. And again, I say to you, if we haven't received this piece and it's not a regular part of our experience, We can't embrace the fullness of what we've been called to believe. And if we don't embrace the fullness of what we've been called to believe, we will not sense both the urgency and the criticalness of this call to go. It can seem optional. It can seem like it's for the experts. It can seem like it's for the missionaries. Jesus never said any of those things. He said to every disciple, every disciple, go, go. Accept my peace. Believe in me. And then I will compel you by my own love to go. Luke twenty four twenty one says, Peace I leave with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. This is my call. And again, I'll remind you in Matthew 28, as Laura read previously, verses 19 and 20. Therefore go, make disciples of all nations, including your children, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the end of the age. My question for you on this Resurrection Day family is this. Are you receiving the peace of Jesus so that you can believe more in Jesus? So that being compelled by the love of Christ, you can go and be witnesses. Of all that humans can do in this life, this is the greatest thing we can do. This is story number one, square one. This is where Jesus calls us to live. Whoever you are, however old you are, whatever you do with your days, wherever you live or wherever you're moving to, whatever your story This is the story. This is the greatest human story. Peace. Believe. Go. Those of you at home, I encourage you now to take those elements for communion. And for those of you in the room, would you take that little cup and bread there? And we're going to take communion together. Go ahead and remove the bread from the bottom there. Take off the lid to the cup. Jesus said of the bread, this is my body, which is given for you. Eat this to remember me. Jesus also took a cup and he said, I will drink this again with you when I come in the fullness of my kingdom. One day Jesus will lift up the cup. (laughs) That will be amazing. And he will say, it's all finished. Welcome. But today we do this just to remember that that day is coming and we drink this to remember Jesus.